are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Guys, Chantico Technology is doing $35,000 a month today across five customers with 100 paid seats at 350 bucks a pop. She's invented this idea called recursion partitioning. They've got a thousand events that help RIA advisors understand how their portfolios might perform if some combination of these a thousand outputs, these a thousand events combined together, helps them do sort of disaster planning in an efficient way. Just scaling here nicely, 425,000 pre-seed raised last year at a 5 million cap, raising a little bit more this year as she looks to scale with a team of eight. Hey, folks, my guest today is Ms. Gina Sanchez. She's the CEO of Chantico Technology, an investment and technology software publisher. In addition, she serves as chairwoman of the Los Angeles County Employee Retirement Association, Board of Retirement, and as a member of the board of directors for Cedar sinai Hospital. She also serves as an advisory board member to the UCLA Masters of Financial and Engineering program. Gina, you ready to take us to the top? <laughs> I'm ready to do it. <laughs> You've got your plate full. You're doing a lot of stuff. How much time can you spend on Chantico? Uh, well, I spend all my time on Chantico, actually. So, you know, I, I have uh, one last year as uh, public service to LA County Employee Retirement Association, which I've done for six years. Um, and, uh, and you know, I launched Chantico Technology actually last year in 2021, uh, or at the end of 2021. And we um, got going in 2022 uh, with fundraising and secured our first round of uh, pre-seed funding in 2022. So this has been what I live and breathe <laughs> for <laughs> since that moment. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So t- tell us why you launched this. I mean, how did you discover this problem? Um, well, so I actually ran a, uh, a a consulting company for a decade. And in that time period, um, and before that, I was a portfolio manager at American Century Investment Management. Um, where I had um, started using recursive partitioning in addition to kind of your traditional regression analysis for for data you know, for, for data analysis, and what I found was that while regression was really good at kind of guessing what the what the average expectation would be, recursive partitioning was really good at guessing the extremes. And so, you know, when you ask like, what does it describe your product in five words? We forecast extreme events. That's what we do. And that's what, quite frankly, that's when we lose money as portfolio managers. And that's when we get fired as investment managers or wealth managers. And so, you know, I started um, crafting this product in the form of a consulting product about a decade ago. So I spent, um, you know, once I had lifted out of Rubini Global Economics, where I had launched a consultancy that um, was profitable, uh, we were able to adequately spin that out. I earned him out over three years. And in that time period, I kind of gave myself the agenda and latitude to build the kind of research agenda I wanted to build. And with my client base, um, really focused on on this technology and effectively created the prototype for what was then to become uh, the IP that we spun out into Chantico Technology. And so that IP actually has 10 years of client testing behind it. 
That's wild. Okay. I, I want to come back to the idea of recursion partitioning here in a second. But first, to get going in 2021, you mentioned a seed round, I think you said in 2022. What was the size of that round? So um, we actually raised uh, $425,000 in 2021, uh, sorry, in 2022 uh, from 2045 Ventures, Ulu Ventures, and a handful of, uh, of individuals. And we're, um, we added to that actually early this year. Um, and so we're just finalizing the second half of that seed round, which it's been the prolonged seed round. Anybody who's been raising money knows how painful it's been. <laughs> to find uh, and and secure pre-seed funding. But we, I think one of the things that have kept us in front of um, the, the early stage venture companies is that our product is the exact kind of product you need when markets are volatile. You couldn't get more volatile markets in the last few years. So, yeah. and strangely, you know, we were really concerned that, that the meltdown in Silicon Valley Bank was going to be, um, was going to be sort of, you know, a, a real death blow uh, to our funding process. But actually our funding set up after that probably because people actually came to us saying, hey, I know you're not fully built yet, but can we subscribe to whatever you have? And so we're actually pre-selling um, just access to the data engine, to access to the analysis engine. And so, you know, I think that's probably what has kept us in the game while other uh, other early stage companies are are having troubles. A couple of quick questions here. So most folks are telling, you know, 15, 20% of our company in pre-seed rounds these days. Are you sort of in that same range? Say, say that again? Most folks in pre-seed rounds today are selling 15 to 20% of their business. Are you in that same range? That's exactly what we're doing. Yeah, we're exactly doing that. So we've sold 10% so far. We're selling the other 10%. That's great. Yeah. So something like a two, two and a half million valuation, something like that. So we're actually selling at a $5 million valuation. Okay. So then you're selling less than if you're only, if you've, okay, well, I guess 500,000, right? Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, so going SVB is obviously, and for context to the audience, we're recording this on Wednesday, March 22nd. So SVB, you know, call that was that 10 days ago, something around there. Gina, I mean, that is the definition, I would say of, you know, recursion partitioning an extreme event. So people are gonna be wondering, well, how, how, if, if no one else in the world can predict these things, how is Gina saying she could predict it? So how would your technology have identified and told portfolio managers about SVB ahead of time? Well, it's not going to tell portfolio managers about SVB. What it tells portfolio managers is how their portfolios respond to different um, uh, to different economic events um, and what happens when they happen in succession, right? So while people understand how their portfolio might act when interest rates rise, what we do is we help them understand what is the exact set of conditions that will lead to the worst performance that they will have. And so what combination of events? And that's really where we don't have to predict the event. We don't have to predict that the pandemic will happen. We just simply have to predict that oil prices will go up, um, that interest rates will go up, and that the Fed balance sheet will start to retrench. That tends to be a death blow to a number of portfolios. It doesn't matter what caused it. And so I think a lot of people try to focus on the crystal ballishness of it. We're not in the business of focusing on the crystal ball. We're just basically trying to say, whatever event happens, if you get a series of events, this is the combination that you want to be aware of, right? Mm -hmm. On the flip side, if you're investing for growth, you know, so if we're looking at deal by deal uh, investments into a venture portfolio or PE portfolio, we look for the series of, of attributes or aspects that will lead to outsized performance. And so, you know, this goes in both directions. It actually handles both tails. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so it sells in both markets. But in those down markets, when people are getting really nervous, sometimes you have to reset expectations and say, hey, 
if interest rates are rising and you know that that uh, may not be the case anymore, but it it was for the last year. Um, and the Fed balance sheet is not expanding. You know, our expectations have to be lower. So let's reset your expectations so that you don't terminate us, um, even if we're doing really well as a as a manager, right? Isn't, and isn't so the hard, part- isn't the hard part here? I don't mean to cut you off. It's just where, where it's a, it's a fast show, and I want to get a lot in. Um, yeah. Isn't the hard part the creative energy required to think? of the craziest things that can happen. And if so, that's what how we do. do. You th- yeah. So like, I mean, but, but how can you possibly, so let's say tomorrow I'm making this up. A Russian submarine hits the internet cable line in the Atlantic ocean and cuts internet communications off between, you know, Europe and the U S I mean, how can you possibly think of all the crazy things that could happen tomorrow across geopolitics, economies, everything? Yeah. But l- let's take that crazy example that you've just put out. Well, what would naturally happen? You'd have a natural fall in e-commerce almost immediately. That fall in e-commerce is going to result in a fall in, in, in at least a temporary fall um, in profitability, depending on how long that outage happens. Uh, that temporary fall in productivity could actually manifest um, into other um, elements like a fall in, in, uh, in labor. So you could see labor cuts. Right, you could see wages, and we can tell you how your portfolio will act in those. So it isn't about guessing the event; it's about guessing how the event is going to evolve um, in terms of elements that can be predicted. Right? So you I'm have a list of, of like trying- labor shortage, interest rate rise. Like you have a list of a uh, three hundred items. You don't care what we have a list cause. of over a thousand items okay. actually, so and we, it's, and, it's, and we it's don't a care. Not every event then, then you don't care about what the event is. You care about here are the thousand potential outcomes of any random event. And if you combine event number, you know, outcome number seven with outcome number six and and nine ninety nine, that would be bad for your portfolio. Precisely. And the other thing, Nathan, is that we also, not every portfolio cares about all of those events. So sometimes that happens and your portfolio is immune to it, right? That's also valuable information. So what we're looking for are the events that cause the the biggest differences um, in your expectations and focus you on those six or seven things and anything that could cause those six or seven outcomes, right? So now you as a manager can stay focused and you're not worried about every number that flies at you. This sounds very valuable, right? If it works, what's the average customer paying you today to use the technology per month or per year? Um, so we're actually selling this into um, three different channels. And so if you look at, we're selling this as the SaaS product and the SaaS product has uh, the the standard kind of fees, you know, $350 per user per month, right? So think about that as about $5,000 per user per year. And are most um, signing so- up just one user or is your average customer signing up 10 users? No, no, no. The average customer is actually sending up uh, signing up bundles, right? So, so how many though? Typically, are these teams of two using you or teams of two hundred using you? Depends. Our our very first client is is going to be a team of seventy five. So, you know, we we get some fairly large ones. Well, you said going Um, to be. Are you pre revenue today, and you're looking to land your first customer? So we actually have our first customers. So our, our first customer is is basically coming on. We technically, we had had different plans. This is like the art of the pivot. Um, we were planning this very, very, you know, organized beta round with all of our clients that we had signed up to do beta feedback. Well, now we're just selling. Uh, so, <laughs> so we've gone from beta users to users. More that's, well, that's than good. We so the ones that are already <laughs> paying, not the ones you're going to land in the future, the ones already paying, how many seats are they mm-hmm. buying on average? Um, well, we're still just with our beta round. So they only bought 20 seats in the beta round, right? And so we're going to grow those to those 20 seats. We're all, we're, we're already planned to become 75 seats. 
right? We're just doing it faster than we had planned. And it, okay, so you have on the platform today across all paying customers to about 20 seats. Uh, no, actually, we have more than that. Uh, so we have about 100 seats of beta customers in 20 seat increments that we had that we had sort of planned into this beta round. So, you know, that's I kind see. of where we are. We're, yeah. Well, what I'm trying uh, to but, understand, though, is but, like there's there's very different motions with sales SaaS companies, especially ones that are selling kind of investment tech investment SaaS. You could go sell to Blackstone a thousand seats and you're building only for Blackstone. You could also sell to individual RIAs where they're only buying two seats and you want to go sell a thousand different logos, two seats a pop. I'm trying to understand what your motion is. So how many logos are those hundred seats mm-hmm. spread across? Five. Oh, okay. So average team sizes of 20, <laughs> something like that. 20. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. I got it. Very cool. Okay. So yeah. talk to me about the use case of the land and expand, right? This is typical SaaS. How do you go from 20 seats in one logo to 75? What are they, what are you learning? What are they telling you? Um, so part of it is really just the educational process. And so if, for example, the logos that we have right now are really primarily registered investment advisors. And so there's an education process that has to happen. People have to learn how to use it. They have to understand what they're seeing. Um, so we're educating them on what the alerts mean, how to use them, how to use the dashboard on a daily basis, how to use it to sort of prioritize your communication with clients. And so as, as that sort of expands within the company, you know, we can increase, uh, the, the, expansion happens there. Um, We're also partnering with platforms where we can sell to multiple logos, you know, through, through a discounting, right? So, you know, we are working with, with various um, partnerships that we're in, we're in the process of actually um, signing. So we haven't signed those. I can't tell you who they are, but there are some good ones and big ones. (laughs) I won't ask, I won't ask for customer names. That's obviously sensitive, but um, I can say, so 350 on average per month per seat. You mentioned 100 seats. Multiplying those would put you at about $33,000 a month today in revenue. Is that accurate? Yeah, and that is our goal. Our goal really was to cover, um, initially, was just to cover our run rate so that we weren't dependent on the capital market so that we could sort of keep going. But um, that's your goal or that's where you're at today, about 30 grand No, no, no. That's actually, that, that's where we at. That was that was our goal for this, was just that's to awesome. cover our run rate. That's and awesome. So, you know, survival is, is everything. <laughs> sustainability, of course. So if you're at about 30, 35,000 bucks a month today in revenue, where were you a year ago so we can calculate growth rate? Oh, zero. <laughs> So we had, yeah, and we have an infinite run rate right now, but you know, we're actually, so we're, we're targeting, um, targeting about a million to $2 million of revenue, um, next year. That's our goal. And of course you get that crazy run rate at that crazy growth rate at the beginning. Um, that million dollars, um, can get to about $10 million reasonably, um, uh, with, with, we have really good confidence that we can get to 10 million where we're really going to need our venture backers to get behind us is growing from 10 to a hundred. That's, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a, you know, much, much deep, different path. You keep saying right? we, so, how many folks are full-time on the team today? Um, so we have eight, um, full-time people. And you're the sole um, so, founder or you have co-founders? No, I have co-founders. So, uh, myself, our chief technology officer, Gregory Hansen, and our chief revenue, uh, Three officer, co-founders. Uh, Shannon Loser, Shannon Lewis. Were you nice to each other at the start? You guys just split equity evenly amongst the three of you? No, I have most of the equity. Okay, <laughs> there actually, you go, Gina. This there is you my go. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. great. Well, we're at it. We're out of time for today. We're certainly rooting for you. We hope the second party round closes nice and smoothly. We and we hope you, you know, double triple over the next 12 months. In the meantime, though, let's wrap up here with the rapid fire famous five. Number one, favorite book. Uh, favorite book, Bridget Jones's Diary. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, 
I actually follow several, several CEOs, you know, I mean, I, I think that, um, it, I can't really name one right now. So That's okay. So many. <laughs> number, number three, what's your favorite online tool for building a uh, Chantico? Uh, well, actually we have a few favorite tools. Um, I love Carta. It has made our life easy. I love Gusto because we're so small and we need the support. So I have two. That's great. <laughs> and how many hours of sleep do you get every night? less than I want to <laughs> about six, <laughs> six. We always ask, we don't know if people are healthy, you know, and situation, Gina yeah. married, single kiddos, married, any kids running around or just the startup? No, no, I don't think I could do this with children. Honestly, I think it would be a challenge. <laughs> I guess tough stuff. And can I ask about how old you are? I'm 50. Last question. Something you wish you knew back when you were 20 years old. Um, I, 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 that's a tough one. Um, I think yeah. I, I think I, I wish I knew that, um, I wish I knew how successful that I would become, you know, it, it is, I think the reason that Bridget Johnson's diary is my favorite book is because it is about sort of that inner, you know, that, that, that inner kind of, monologue we tell ourselves about how you know we have these insecurities and i will tell you that going through a venture round forces you to overcome those <laughs> yeah that's right guys chantico technology is doing thirty-five thousand dollars a month today across five customers with 100 paid seats at 350 bucks a pop she's invented this idea called recursion partitioning they've got a thousand events that help ria advisors understand how their portfolios might perform if some combination of these 1,000 outputs, these 1,000 events combined together, helps them do sort of disaster planning in an efficient way. Just scaling here nicely, 425,000 pre-seed raised last year at a 5 million cap, raising a little bit more this year as she looks to scale with a team of eight. Gina, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thank you.